Welcome everyone to another episode of The Running Elephant. We'll be talking to Inyaki about his vision for the future of Bupa over the course of this podcast series and answering some of your questions about the elephant. I'm Nigel Sullivan, Bupa's Chief Sustainability and People Officer. I'm joined in person by Inyaki Arenu, our Group CEO. Hello again, Inyaki. How are you? Professor Sullivan, great to be with you today again today in the studio, as you said. So great to see you. We are together. Um, so this is uh, the first time we've actually done one of these in the same place. We are socially distanced, I hasten to add. Look, so in today's episode, we'll be discussing sustainability. It's one of the key pillars of our elephant. It's one of my favorite topics. Um, and I've been looking forward to talking to you about this today. Inyaki, if we just look, stand back from it for a second, why is sustainability such an important topic for Bupa? I think, um, Nigel, I think it's a, it's, it's a great question um, because it is. Uh, one of the things that, um, if not us, I think the, the world has found um, in the last months is that there is a clear link between the health of the planet and health of people. And let's not forget we are a healthcare company. Apparently, what, what happens when you reduce the biodiversity, viruses um, are very smart, so they convert themselves into the prominent spicy. And when a process like this happens close to a population of humans, then they jump into humans. So the link between the health of the planet and health of people is now evident, probably, um, in the future, we will face more pandemics. And this is why us as a healthcare company, we have a double responsibility here. One is we need to be super serious. And we will, I know we will talk about this now in the future, how we build up a sustainable business, but also a company like Bupa that operates in healthcare and also has no shareholders has to have the capacity to help the world much better understand this process and see how we can reduce that. But, but let me tell you something, Professor Sullivan, when we talk about sustainability, I always see bright in your eyes, especially bright in your eyes. So let me ask you, why do you think this is very irrelevant for Bupa? Maybe, maybe just a comment, first of all, on you know, what, what you referred to, which are you know, known as zoonotic diseases. I mean, there are several billion uh, viruses uh, out there, and most of them are in the oceans. But uh, scientists reckon that there are about uh, about 15 million in, in animals that they do not understand. So COVID-19 is just one of those, those, those viruses. And it is often easy to forget is that COVID-19 is one of about six zoonotic diseases that have plagued humanity in the last 20 years alone. So um, they are getting more frequent to your point. Just going back to your question though, um, around, around sustainability, I think from my point of view, I mean, I have a bit of a story around this. As you know, I, I, I studied environmental science at university. I'm a very passionate person around uh, biodiversity, around geomorphology, around um, the environment. And as you know, the outdoors is a big interest in me anyway. So I, having the environment to play in is very important that it's protected and preserved and conserved. For me, the biggest uh, issue really is, is is around climate change. I mean, there are many, many other challenges, and, and we'll probably come on to some of them. But the thing is that the over the last 1850 years, the Earth's temperature hasn't really fluctuated by more than like plus or minus half a degree Celsius. But since 
um, the Industrial Revolution started around about the 1850s in this country. We have emitted more and more carbon into the atmosphere. Now, it, it is more complicated than just carbon, but anyway, it's, but it's the main contributing factor. And the Earth's temperature um, is now roughly at 1.1 degree above pre-industrial levels. Um, the modelling that scientists have done uh, predicts... Now, it's, it's not... People listening to the thing, I don't want to sort of sound downbeat because there's an upbeat thing to say as well. But, you know, it won't be your children, probably won't be their children, possibly their children, but maybe the children after that. But maybe 100 years from now, um, if we don't slow down, um, we need to slow down quicker than that. If we don't slow down how the Earth is heating up, there are some models that predict um, that the Earth can't then slow down at all because it gets to four or five degrees, six degrees above pre-industrial levels, and we, we, we face extinction. Um, you know, so it, it, it's a real serious issue, to say the least. Um, the good news is, um, the models also predict if we can get to 1.5 degrees above pre-industrial levels and just and stay there and start to bend that curve down again and decarbonize the atmosphere, then we should be okay. So it's super important for the world because of the atmosphere that we, we, we all need to survive. Thank you. I mean, thank you. I can see why the bright in your eyes and why this is so relevant, not only for Bupa, but also for you, and which I, and also I need to say now in public, that thank you, big thank you for you to, for accepting the challenge that I gave you of taking care of being now the Chief Sustainability and People Officer of Bupa. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's such an honour, you know, I feel the weight of it on my shoulders a little bit, but it's such an honour to have started here in my, you know, education and I, I, I couldn't get a job in an environmental in the 1980s, so I, I got a job as an HR person. I've created a career as that, but to, to have this towards probably towards the end of my executive career and to do something good for the planet and, and, more, and also for this, for this great company is a, is a great honour, actually. So we, we move on to maybe sustainability in general for Bupa. I mean, do you, do you say something about like, what you think it can do for the business? Um, as well as, you know, obviously our bit for the planet, but what it could do for the business. So basically, um, we do the, why we do this, so this is the thing, it's not only that we, because we believe there is, um, because it's the right thing to do, but also we do this because it's good for the business. Okay, so, so I think uh, two comments here. So one th is the world is moving into a place in where this is probably the, um, the rules of the game, the new rules of the game. So probably is because, you know, we will doing this and taking this seriously will be appreciated by our customers, big corporations or big brokers or, you know, uh, our stakeholders. Uh, they, this is what they are expecting from us. So this is why, first of all, is good for the business. Second thing is we, this will oblige us to transform the business in a way that it will be much better for our customers and for our employees. For example, our colleagues in Spain now, they are telling uh, our customers in Spain that when they, when they do a cons video consultation with a doctor, there's this carbon footprint that is being reduced thanks to that. And we're telling them how much of that. Also, let me tell you, I was very impressed um, here in Angel Court yesterday, was, I went to the canteen um, to, to grab a sandwich. And then I saw there was, a, there was a, um, an announcement saying, very soon we're going to tell you how much, how much carbon is in every, in every coffee you, you... And I think this is the trajectory, you know? So this is the thing. It's good for the health, it's good for our employees, it's good for our customers. It's just good for the world, no? We've committed to um, reducing our um, carbon footprint of our own operations um, by 40%, uh, as a minimum, by 2025. 
and to be zero by 2030. And then for everything that we associated with Bupa, and that's that's suppliers, etc., um, our claims management, etc., people going to hospitals, um, to zero by 2040. So we've we've set ourselves some pretty ambitious uh, targets. What's your feeling about those targets and our ability to reach them in Yaki and, and what we would need to do? So probably also worth saying here, Nigel, that we were already before COVID, we were already working on some targets and we have incremented, we have augmented our ambition on carbon footprint because we believe it's the right thing for, to do for Bupa. So this is first comment. Second comment is, I mean, um, no question, there are like th three scopes here. So scope number one and number two is very much what is what we can do because it depends on us. Scope number three it's more, it's more in relation to the people that we interact with. So scope number one and number two, I think it's not that they are doable, which I believe they are, but because we are taking action with this. So we are, we are budgeting, well, we have to budget, we're making plans, and, you know, and I think they are doable. Uh, scope number three is another story, but I think at some point there will be a big movement in the world that will facilitate also that we can cope with scope number three, because basically scope number three for us is scope number one and number two for our stakeholders. So hopefully, you know, there will be a big movement towards achieving scope, the, the number one and number two, each of the companies, and then we will find that they, by doing that, then scope number three is more doable. And I think, so it's not only doable, but it's it should be like, like you know mandatory and it will be part of the legacy not only your legacy my legacy but the legacy of everybody here in this company no? and i think it's going to be a great to get everybody involved we've talked about this on the digital and transformation uh journey but we'll get all everybody in this company will become part of this and and, and will play their part as well one of the things you've said to me in the past is that you want us to be really a leader in terms of a corporation that takes this thing seriously for itself, for its customers, for its suppliers, etc., all its stakeholders and its people. But you've also talked about going further than that and creating a movement. Can you say a little bit about more of that sort of vision or emotions that come to your mind when you, when you think about that? Well, absolutely. And as I said before, so this one avenue is how we built our business more sustainable. But this is the second avenue is, look, we don't have we don't have shareholders. And that's, that doesn't mean that we are, let's say, less professional than other companies. We are as professional as the main companies in the world. But we have a capacity here, is that we have a capacity that other companies dedicate to their own shareholders when they make a profit and they distribute dividends. We have the capacity to reinvest more than other companies and it's also, I think it's also worth and it's fair if we mention here the board of Bupa. It was very, I was very impressed when I was doing my, my meetings with um, last year when me moving to the new job, uh, talking to the board members. The um, appetite and the will of the board members for us to have a huge impact in sustainability is amazing. I was very, very much involved into that movement and within those conversations, we also said that Bupa should be investing, you know, all of the excess profits. We normally, from a financial perspective, uh, sounds like there's something called the cost of capital. That is kind of the minimum that should be providing. But on the top of that, the board was saying, we are ready to invest. 
and to invest not only in Bupa being more sustainable, but we understand we have a job to play in the world. And, and so our capacity to invest should be unlimited. So we are working in this direction now. So well, you know this, uh, Nigel, but, but, but for the people to know, we are working in this direction. So we're building up a plan that is the plan of how Bupa will play this game with, with the world, with the rest of the citizens. We believe could be something around this concept of one health. So health of the planet and health of people the same. It will have action. It will have research and information because we believe we can do, we can provide the world with a lot of info in relation to this phenomenon to try to reduce the risk of future pandemics. And if it happens, how we can control, how we control that. And it will have a lot of emotion and a lot of fun also, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the board point, I think is a great one. I'd forgotten that. I mean, the, the, the board now, since May this year, you know, there's a formal board sustainability committee, you know, and, and their job is to support us and hold us to account that we, we transform the business and, and, exactly. and, and make, these, make these things real. And I remember when I was talking to Roger, our chairman, um, he said very clear, he said, the subcommittees of the board of every company reflect who they are. So we are an insurance. We, we we have a we are into the healthcare company, but but with a big focus on insurance. So this is why we have a risk committee. So but the, this is why we also have a sustainability committee because sustainability is part of who we are. He said that very clear. I'm yeah. impressed with the comments because it was so obvious but simple but clear. I mean, you gave me my new new responsibilities around that May time frame. I I did ask myself like like. Why Bupa? Why now? And ho hopefully we've answered the why now question. You know, in this in this conversation, um, there's many more things we could talk about, but it's it's a big topic. But um, the why Bupa thing, you know, I think a, that goes to your point about us in the world, because you know, and making a better world is is a, is a, a, an extension to our perp new purpose. I think the um, the ability for us to speak with credibility and with ethical credentials because of what we do. Um, is, is it really important, sets us apart. I think also, um, you sort of mentioned it, Yaki, you know, uh, eco-health is really important. And we've got so many doctors and experts and, you know, I know Paul is uh, passionate about this as well. Um, we can, so sustainable provision is, is really important area as well, as, as is our opinion, our medical opinion to connect healthy people to healthy planet is really important. But I think the other thing, and it's a segue into the next question is, I think it's going to be, a, because my other job is obviously Chief People Officer, is also how attractive this will be to talent, both existing and also new talent uh, in our organisation, because they will see Bupa and they will see a brand that stands for something, already stands for something that's much more, but I think we can go bigger, as you said. And it brings me to talent, actually, uh, which is uh, eco-disruptive. Um, this has been a, a monumental effort going on, on on this thing, but I think some people might know, might not know everything about it. But um, do, you, do you want to maybe just start talking about where it originated in your in your mind, and then maybe how you feel about how it's going? I mean, it was uh, no, absolutely, and also allow me just uh, just a very quick comment on the values. So let's not forget that we have refreshed our values, also not only our purpose. So we have moved from seven values to three. Number one, being brave. Number one, uh, being caring. But third is responsible. And that has more than one meaning, but no question 
that responsibility links to sustainability, and that's the place in where we want to play. You know? So, no, look, Eco Disruptive um, has been, an, as you say, monumental effort. I was so, so proud, so proud, um, so proud to what I have seen. Eco Disruptive proves that this company has an amazing future. So, uh, very well done by everybody, and you, Nigel, and your team had a big, big part on this, but it was great. So, look, basically, to to the people that probably haven't been involved in Eco Disruptive, very briefly, is in four parts of the Pupa world, Melbourne being number one, London, Madrid, and Santiago de Chile. So, we have picked up 130 colleagues, people with a great future. So, people picked in purpose, to work in an agile methodology to connect with eco startups in all of those regions. We do this because we believe there is a lot of learning from our side if we connect with eco startups, but also we offer the possibility to the eco startups to connect with us to learn also so they can develop their own project. So we in this, well, Madrid and Chile, they shared like it was like one tribe, so one group. But London and Melbourne, we were distributed by six by six squads. Each of the squads they had a topic on the on the sustainability space, and they were asked to go out and find eco startups to work with. So there was a very long list of one thousand or rounded numbers one thousand five hundred eco startups. A long list is people that we have connected with them of four hundred and forty four. We expected 500, which when we put the number, we thought, hey, this is a big number. No, it was amazing. And we almost got there. Yeah. So, so um, the teams, um, all of these teams have done an amazing job and we have done, we have covered the first stage, which was the first pitch day, which has been absolutely amazing. Amazing, not only the co startups, the ideas, but also the energy of the teams. Seeing all of those 130 colleagues have done a great job. The way they showed, I mean, everybody in Bupa should at least um, look to these videos at least once. Believe me, it's really worth seeing that. Not only the ideas, but also the spirit. You know, for me, those sort of projects that are game changers. So this is the thing. Yeah, and, and huge engagement. And the overall aim here, uh, everyone, is, is, is that, you know, everybody gets involved again. You know, everybody has the right and opportunity to vote for their favorite startup. We're not going to decide who that is. You're going to decide who that is. And when we get to the end uh, this year, um, in December, we'll have a grand finale and we will have a winner. We might have other winners along the way, actually. That's down to the market units, to be honest. But we'll have a winner um, and Bupa will make a significant investment into that startup um, and, and work with them to, uh, to, to, to make their dream a reality. And that reality will also contribute to the environment so, and sustainability. So really great stuff. Thank you, Inaki. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. I mean, thanks to you. Thanks to, to, to everybody, because um, I can perceive there's a lot of energy already in the company around this. So I think it's great. You know, um, I, I was, I'm always very enthused by the comments by people. No? But also thanks to you for taking the challenge of being new Chief Sustainability and People Officer. I think, look, um, you also need to know this. Um, I challenge you on this not only because of the bright of, in your eyes when you talk about these sort of issues, but also there is a big point, you were already the chief people officer. And I think having these sustainability team people together makes a lot of sense for me. Well, thank you, Nyaki. Um, no pressure there, everybody. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to get in touch, if you have any questions or comments, 
please drop us a line at runningelephant at boopa.com. Make sure you watch out for the next episode. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.